Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Susan over yet, girl. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey, girl. Thanks for coming. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for coming, America. My name is Seth. What is yours? Hello. Jamal is here. Hi, it's Stoney. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to another rousing edition of Thanks for Coming, the most magically gay podcast. We are back, back, back again. Our livers have healed. Uh, We (laughs) finished our 101 Dalmatians marathons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're ready to dive in <laughs> back into this coming out series. So I uh, hope you guys are ready for that. Yeah, so exciting. Ugh, you just can't ever get tired of talking about 101 or 102 cute spotted dogs. Yeah. No. I love what our podcast has become. <laughs> <laughs> A giant meme. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Oh, Might gosh. as well be. Yeah. But um, how have you guys been doing? What's been going on since uh, our new found bi-weekly status? I know. It's so odd not um just having like somewhat of a break uh, from recording. Even tonight, it's just like, oh, I have to go set up. How do I set up? It hasn't even been that long. <laughs> but um, the weather's been nice here. So we've just been trying to be active, of course, just trying to make the best use of our time and not party too hard in our downtime. We don't party anymore. By party, I mean watch Jessica Jones or something. Stranger <laughs> Things, Queer Eye. Yes. Oh, I did power through the entire season of Queer Eye season four. It was totally good. Lots of tears. Yes. I didn't cry as much, but there are still lots of good moments. Yeah, I liked it a lot still, but it's starting to be like, I don't know. I think they need to take like a break because it's like, bam, bam, bam. All these series do it. They just keep rolling, keep rolling. And then a handful of months down the road, they just released the new season. And it's binge culture, too. It's like maybe some of these shows would benefit by being released weekly, like Hulu style or something. I don't know. Right. I mean, and also this season four, I'm trying to remember, so correct me if I'm wrong, but there were no, like, queer people that they helped this season. Oh. Like, they have in past seasons. They've helped, like, trans people and um, gay boys. (laughs) I think I need them to help me. So if you guys could just nominate me for Queer Eye, that would be fantastic. (laughs) I would love to have tea with Karamo and have Tan raid my closet. (laughs) Yeah. I need to try and per, like persuade Karamo that Call Me By Your Name is actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> I love Karamo's jackets. It's like my favorite thing about Karamo. I know. I like so his like, kimono that, in that one episode. <laughs> yeah, like I got five points on the Fantasy League for that. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> we should have done a Fantasy League for Queer Eye. Damn, missed opportunity. <laughs> well, maybe next season, girl. Two months, yeah. we'll, we'll have it already. <laughs> I can't complain, though. My week's been good. Enjoying some TV and sun. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Stoney? For me, it's same as usual, I guess. Last weekend, we went to... one of those like they have like a summer um like movies out on the lawn like at the local museum here in indy oh yeah i always forget the good stuff (laughs) yeah so we went there and we 
we actually watched Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. Ooh. Yeah, part two. Shout out to listener slash new friend Sam who had an extra ticket for us. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Sam. I'm the it single was... one. All right. Just throwing out there. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. It was fun to like sit on the lawn. I actually fell asleep during the movie, though. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay. Don't say you like fell asleep. Maybe you were nodding off. Like soon after the movie started, listeners, like Stoney just full out got comfortable on the blanket and just rolled over. Okay, listen. And that was it. Stoney's like <laughs> I, the fun friend. It was really <laughs> fucking hot outside. This was like the weekend where it was it like... It was hot. It was like deathly if you were outside. There was a heat advisory um, the entire weekend. Oh, so weekend. it was themed because it's the Deathly Hollows. Yeah. <laughs> it was deathly heat. Watch Deathly Hollows and the Deathly Heat. The heat is like one of the horcruxes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, damn. Yeah, so I had like I don't know, like three or four summer shandies at that point. And Uh-oh, I was just like all... really tired. So I just like flipped over and laid down on the blanket and I ended up sleeping through the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie. And y'all know how long that movie is. He was like, I like the part where Guy Fieri won the cook off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I basically fell asleep and then I we got up like after the movie was over and we were like walking out to the car and then all of a sudden I was like, Oh shit, where are my glasses? They were like, weren't on my face. And I didn't notice when I had gotten up because I was so tired. So then Sam and I go back to, um, check out where we were sitting, where we were sitting and we could not find the glasses. Uh Oh girl. And it was dark at that point. And then I don't know, like I went back there the next day and they're like, we don't have the glasses. The glasses are really the Horcrux. Voldemort already hid them from you. (laughs) Yeah. That's really what happened. The grass ate it or something. So anyway, that sucked. (laughs) Well now, luckily you were able to get new pair of glasses the next day because this was Saturday night. So Sunday yeah, able went, to get some new specs. I went to the local lens crafter. They're yes, cute girl. too. Yeah, I actually hated my old glasses, so I was totally fine with losing <laughs> this these. So worked out well. <laughs> He's actually like Marie Kondo came to me in my dreams and told me to just leave that shit in the grass. <laughs> yeah, it did not spark it didn't joy. Didn't spark joy. <laughs> <laughs> girl. Very fun. Well, congratulations on your new glasses. Maybe we can uh, get a picture to throw up on the gram. Yes, I'll actually be posting tonight a recording. So go check Instagram. Um, these cool little jellyfish lights. It looks way cooler than it sounds. Just go to TFC Pod. Yeah, girl. <laughs> what about you, Seth? Um, well, my weekend has was pretty fun. I went to go see a concert and it was basically like me reliving my high school years all over again. Um, I think Holly will appreciate this lineup, one of our listeners and friends. I went to see, well, the first band was Mest, which mm-hmm. I was like listening to in middle school. <laughs> Oh, wow. Super throwback. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember going to, like, um, like Jewish camp, like, over the summer and, like, listening to them on the train ride. <laughs> Ooh, nostalgia bomb. <laughs> so that was fun. They didn't play, like, their one big song. So I was kind of disappointed, but I, like, also get it because <laughs> I'm, like, old now. So it's been probably, like, two decades of them playing this song or something. <laughs> yeah, they probably keep that one in their back pocket to, like, really snatch a good wig if they need to. Yeah. 
but it was still really fun. They were still really good. They played another song that I liked. And uh, then next was Real Big Fish. And I've like seen them like 15 times. Like I've seen them a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've seen them too, actually. They're real good live. I was surprised they were actually not the headliners. It's a co-headlining tour, but I was surprised they weren't because after their set was over, like a lot of people left. (laughs) Oh, wow. And the the headlining band that night was Bowling for Soup. And they were good. There's a lot of talking in between songs and like kind of like inappropriate humor that like i probably would have appreciated had i seen them like 20 years ago live but now that we're all like older and more grown up it's just like borderline creepy (laughs) yeah and the same jokes don't land the way they used to yeah sometimes you have to like evolve you know (laughs) that's right and don't talk too much play the instrument yeah paid for Right. But they played Talk like on Twitter. a bunch of songs that I liked. They were, like, played a song. They were like, we haven't been playing this song live. And it was like a song that I really liked. And I was like, hell yeah, that's sweet. They started playing the song live. Um, nice. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> one of the really funny parts during their set was like, I'm sure a lot of you came to hear our one big hit, Stacy's Mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. They were like, actually, that's a song by uh, Fountains of Wayne. That's actually not us, but... <laughs> Here you oh, go no. for the people that came for that one and then they played Stacy's mom. Holy shit. That's <laughs> funny. That was great. But yeah, so I had a good show. Uh of course that like sort of started my week off kind of on the struggle bus. You know, I'm not, you know, the spring chicken that can just bounce back from a late night and I like yeah. have really been struggling this week, which I probably complained about too much on Twitter this week. But it's really hard. <laughs> Yeah, I totally understand. Actually, one thing to add to our weekend, speaking of not being able to get up early, like we're good for like brunch. Like I can't get up and work out in the morning like I used to. But I bring this up because I forgot to mention we went to brunch at Yolk in Indianapolis. Have you ever been there, Seth? I haven't, but it sounds good. It's pretty good. I actually bought two of their hot sauces, one habanero, one signature sauce, but birthday fun for mom. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So after that. Happy belated birthday to your mom. Jamal's mom has got it going on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was Valencia's idea to um, come home and do like a wine and canvas kind of situation. But we just looked at pictures of sunflowers and painted them. <laughs> I saw those and, and they looked cute. And I was like, that's a good idea. Like, you don't have to pay $40 for all this bullshit. Like, you know, just right. like have your own fun. Yeah, it was super cute. They bought everything for us. So it was nice and crafty. I like a good crafty moment. Yes, girl. Who did like the best picture? I actually end up liking Stoney's a lot. Like it started all, I told him, like I kept saying, wow, it looks like really abstract. And he thought. (laughs) (laughs) He thought you were reading him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like trying to draw it like realistic. And then Uh he's like, it's such an abstract piece. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Well, painting is. Picasso. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) well and painting's hard so like we had a gang of watercolor brushes and then like stoney had the good brush like for detailing and then i was just basically using a watercolor brush on with acrylic paint yes girl so we were all doing our best but he drew the petals with pencil and then painted over it but in the end it's like this kind of cool blend going on word didn't you guys do a whining canvas night before and you said that you like Stoney's better? So maybe like Stoney's like a painter. 
like the painter of the the couple no Ooh. the other one in canvas we did like my drawing was terrible i was oh. gonna say which one girl? yeah <laughs> maybe i remember this incorrectly <laughs> yeah no it was terrible and then my mom like hung it up in my room for, and- <laughs> she's like it's so beautiful honey <laughs> Look at Stoney's art. This is my refrigerator. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. I was pretty sure when I was drawing it, I was like drunk and then I just gave up. (laughs) Well, we tried. You finished though. You finished. Yes, girl. (laughs) That's too funny. Well, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like we've all had like a wonderful week. Before we move on, we have some surprises to go over. We actually have two new iTunes reviews. Oh, wow. Two? Two? I know. (laughs) This is like the most we've gotten like in one week's time. (laughs) What have we been doing the last few weeks? We need to keep this up. I don't know. (laughs) I got to start showing some cheeks on the gram or something. Ooh, (laughs) cake party. Plot thickens. I'm the trade now. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our first review comes from Nikki, the talented host of Nikki Needs an Adult. You probably have already subscribed and listened to her. Like, and if you haven't, go do it. (laughs) Yeah, press pause and go do that. Yeah, get your life together already, losers. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Please don't go. So the subject of her review is love 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 this show is amazing i love all three hosts and the way they work together and this new drunk herstory episode was everything i couldn't think of a better way to celebrate a 100th episode heart nikki thanks girl you're so sweet and supportive thanks for being there in the pattern family with us and leaving us a cute review we appreciate that yeah thank you it's always good to get a review and we love nikki of course like her podcast is friend really of the good pod. Yeah. friend of the pod i'm sure her listeners are tired of hearing from seth and i because we just send in answers to all her dm questions same <laughs> we're too. like oh pick us <laughs> we'll definitely Ooh, me, have me, me. <laughs> we'll definitely have to have her on again for another show at some point yeah definitely for sure definitely thank you nikki thank you our second review comes from the cuties at macabre media podcast oh fun yeah we like well I try and subtly flirt with them in our private <laughs> messages, but I don't think it's working. Oh, uh, you never know. I know. You never know, Queen. Maybe your magic's working. Yeah, Winning. it's not very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll flirt for review. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Will work for five stars. <laughs> no, just kidding. They are, but they are cuties, though. Anyways, so their title of their review is Awesome Show. And the review follows a great podcast with tons of range they talk about being lgbt they talk about horror stuff and while it's airing they talk about rupaul's drag race in the off season they keep putting out content it's a genuinely enjoyable show thank you thank you thank you i think most of the time we just are hoping for the best and we have a plan and it usually goes another way so thank you for the kind words yes thank you Yes, and I am still single, so if any of you want to (laughs) hit up the DMs, you can. (laughs) It's my new thing now, just desperately (laughs) putting it out there. I love it. Hey, you have to market yourself. Yes, girl. (laughs) 
Speaking of marketing myself, I've tried to resurrect my Twitter, my personal Twitter. So if any of you are interested in following my menial tweets about concerts <laughs> that I'm going to and other call me by your name content, my Twitter handle is <laughs> at homosethual. Get it? <laughs> I love it. I've always loved that name. You yeah. have good handles. I know. Yes, girl. I've got love you handles too. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so y'all can hit me up there if you want i just made it public i don't know just trying not to get read by my future employers <laughs> no the secret is to just like keep your name different or spell it funky damn it i've already failed <laughs> <laughs> we'll help you queen <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys well let's get into the whole point of this episode which is about jamal coming out so hold on to your knickers and we will be right back. Goodbye. <laughs> Not yet, Stony. <laughs> oh, my bad. Honest All right, you guys, welcome back to the Honest Tea Spill of the Week. We are in episode 102 and we are going to be listening and learning about Jamal's coming out story. You know, coming out is a big moment in every homosexual or LGBT anybody in our community's process and and it's interesting to hear about those stories so that other mm -hmm. people can just kind of like hear where we all came from so hey jamal do you want to take over and tell us about your <laughs> your life i guess i can welcome to my story um, welcome to my <laughs> ted talk <laughs> um Gosh, where do I even begin? Like, I was joking with Stoney and Seth about this, like, trying to make notes. I was just jotting down old stories and experiences that I could remember. And so here we go. I'm just going to dive into it. So I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. I was a military kid for a little bit. And I've said this before on the show, but Alaska's a, a melting pot. We had our good family friends and actually a lot of family members up there growing up. So I had my piece of culture, black culture up there. I did not really see a lot of queer examples, but we'll, um, we'll get into all of that. Yeah, we'll talk about moaning Myrtle, Myrta, Myrna, something like Myrtle. that. Myrtle. Myrtle? Was <laughs> I right the first time? Yeah, you were. The gay bar? Oh, you're talking about the bar, Mad Myrna's. Mad yeah. Myrna's. Okay. <laughs> I knew not I was moaning on the right Myrtle. Track. See, I'm like Harry Potter, so I'm like, yeah, Moaning Myrtle. Yeah, I think that's where my mind initially went. <laughs> so I um, I had a pretty normal life growing up. We weren't like super well off or anything, but we never hurt for anything. My dad was in the army. My mom had always kind of worked uh, clerical, administrative, kind of like HR jobs. And we were just kind of like your everyday black family. I didn't start to really notice anything different until I would say my earliest memory of, oh, I could be different, but I did not know what different was or what that meant was maybe eight years old. Oh, wow. That's kind of early. I, I don't think that I quite picked up on it at that time. And see, here's the thing, because I started to notice that all of my friends were girls. I was not really interested in sports. And these are all things that are very general. So hang in there with me. All my friends are girls, all of them. I was friendly with guy friends, but I was just not interested in the typical stuff young boys were into. I wow. had Hot Wheels and all that fun stuff growing up, but I was much more interested in playing with my Aladdin doll and all of the <laughs> accessories that it came with. Yes, girl. You're on that magic carpet ride. 
<laughs> yeah. So the more we get into the story, I want to bring this up first just to kind of like set the tone of my thinking. Like I say, yeah, I set, I say eight years old because that's when I started to put on a lot of weight. And when I was stressed out, I knew from a young age, I was like a stress eater and the sense that, oh, I don't feel good. I had a bad day or these people teased me. So I'm just going to go eat this cake. And I say I started to notice me being different when I was eight because I started trying to suppress something that I wasn't really sure what was going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I wasn't really into sports or activities. I kind of around that time started to not be withdrawn. I was a social kid. We always were at my cousin's house and had friends <laughs> over. There was always a sleepover, but I much prefer to just stay inside and read a book. And that was my little world. So <laughs> flash forward to like middle school. Well, sixth grade in Alaska was elementary school. Middle school was seventh and eighth grade back mm-hmm. when I was living there. Okay. But um, I started to have kind of more of like physical kind of curiosity about guys as everybody began to mature and change. One of my good friends from back home, actually, Courtney, she's the Mac, Mac friend of mine. Oh. She's a Mac girl, makeup artist. Yes, girl. I remember so vividly we were at like an award ceremony or something and she called me out for staring at a guy's butt like who was getting the award. (laughs) Damn, girl. I know. And I wasn't like I was looking at him because damn, he fine. And I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. (laughs) How old were you when that happened? I was I was 12. So sixth grade. Okay. And I was just like. No, I'm not. No, I wasn't. But she kind of like caught me off guard. I definitely wasn't looking at his ass, but I was looking at him. You were like, no, I wasn't. I was looking at his dick. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're wrong. Wait till he turns around. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, beyond that, like the little classmate type stuff, I had my cousins who I love to death. um, Darrell, he's six months younger than me. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated this little fucker growing up sometimes <laughs> just because he would say things like, oh, why do you have to say it like that? And, oh, Jamal talks like this and he can't get dirty. I learned how to iron clothes by the time I was eight. So, like, <laughs> if I if I was leaving the house, I had to have an iron on my shirt, on my pants, and he would get on my case about all of that. He would just call it out and he would call it out every time it happened and i'm just like go away you're gonna spill my tea like this yeah. is not for you <laughs> it's the nerve of straight people i know yeah. he was such a little monster he was all it was all in good fun but when you're going through that and you're just like oh shit i can't like tell people that i'm gay and at the point at that time even i wasn't s- saying to myself oh you're a queer kid. I didn't know what that meant. Oh, you like boys. I didn't know what any of that meant. So it's just like, I'm different, but I didn't know how to say that. Right. It was, you were trying to figure out how to like express it, like, you know, figure it all out for yourself. Right. And growing up, I was definitely in a performative space. You had your image, especially in the black military household of what a man was supposed to look like. I made sure my voice wasn't too high, made sure I wasn't doing this dry fry thing that just happens naturally for me (laughs) that you hear every week. Yeah. (laughs) Like I was trying to hide all of that. I was not a fan of baggy clothes. My clothes fit. I rejected that whole, that whole moment. I was not into it. It was like the nineties. Everyone was like in baggy clothes. Uh, Darnell had all the Jinko jeans. I'm like, okay, I'll get this wide leg, but I still want it like 
up on my waist. I need a belt. I can't leave the house without a belt. <laughs> like that was very me. So I resisted in my ways and kept my little um, piece of identity that way. But, you know, baggy button up shirts. I had on jeans, the Jordans and Nikes, whatever was, whatever we had. We didn't have like the best, but I was looking like your typical straight, athletic, young male child. When I got into middle school, that all continued. I began playing instruments, so I kind of was able to hide behind my trumpet skills. I also just threw myself into that. There was a lot going on in middle school that I really did not think about or consider until I thought about recording this show. There was a um, young lady named Patricia. I'll never forget her. She's gorgeous. She was um, of black and Asian descent, her parents. So she had that whole thing going on and she was nice. Like, come on. She was just so nice to everybody. But my friend Alfred had a crush on her and I was just like, oh, well, I had a crush on her too, but I'm not out here making moves. And you know, in middle school, it's just like, oh, I have a crush on this person for this (laughs) week. And then the next week it's someone new. You went to a chaperone date with your parents and decided they're not the one. Yeah. You are not (laughs) the one. Next. (laughs) Right. I wasn't doing any of that. We just shared a gym period and I thought she was pretty. So um, I actually printed out a picture of her off of my chunky ass gateway at home. Uh-oh. Oh my and I like put it on my notebook, like inside. <laughs> yeah. And he saw it one day and that's kind of how the conversation came up. And I actually ended up giving him the picture I was like, oh, I'll just print another one. Because at the time, I was like fresh out of computer camp. And I thought I was hot shit saving images and yeah. making websites. On those floppies, girl. <laughs> right. All the floppy disk. But it got back to her because she saw Alfred with the picture. And she actually approached me and was like, well, why did you like give that to him? And she wasn't being rude about it. You can tell she was prying. She's like, well, if you like me, then why would you share my picture? Yeah, Jamal. Why did you? Oh, and it was just like, I think that was like the first official awkward moment of my life. Like, I didn't know how to like answer the question because I'm like, oh, shit, I can't tell her that I'm different. Still not owning up with the gayness inside, but still figuring out, you know. She was like, you're exposed, bitch. Pretty much, (laughs) but I got out of it and Mm -hmm. we all stayed friends. It was cool. They dated for a hot second. I didn't Uh. feel any jealousy at all (laughs) i'm all super jealous like i'm just like i thought she was pretty (laughs) jamal's like is he staring at the other girl over there i don't know what's happening (laughs) and this is a thing so pay attention to that i thought she was pretty gosh middle school is actually also where it got really lit i mentioned i was not a sports kid i was trying to fit in just to do things to keep the weight off that time when I was eight and started stress eating that weight just kind of stayed with me for the remainder of my life up to a certain point I was always heavier I was able to be part of activities and do things but I always felt kind of not good in my skin and not good about myself because there's just all this going on and you can't really talk to anybody about it well you're sort of like going through puberty or discovering your sexuality you know Uh, all confusing time Yeah, I got glasses when I was 10. So, you know, I had colored contacts in middle school. I was doing (laughs) all that extra shit. (laughs) But anyway, I joined sports to try to like lose weight and make friends and try to challenge myself that way. But I was a very sensitive kid. I think when I think back on it, I tried a lot and put myself out there. But 
when things didn't really go as planned, I just tended to internalize that. So still in middle school, eighth grade, um, I joined track and field. Locker rooms are involved in middle school. Hey. You start, <laughs> you start <laughs> to see these bodies and people without shirts and baggy jeans on. That's when I knew officially, it's like, okay, I definitely like guys and this is going to the grave with me. <laughs> Yes. Hey, boys. <laughs> but specifically what happened was at a track meet. And this is important, too. All these stories are going to come together. You just wait. But I saw yes. this guy from the opposing team. Uh, we are the field guys. So shot put and discus. We were getting changed and ready while the others are stretching and running or whatever. And we just kind of made eye contact and just lingered. There was no word spoken. Yeah. But then that kept happening throughout the entire meet. So if you've ever done sports or like a track meet, it's kind of like a long process. You've got all your events. You're there for a good amount of hours. I kept bumping into this guy, <laughs> kept bumping oh. into him. And I was starting to get nervous because it's like, you know, my secret. And even though you don't know anyone I know, you're going to tell everybody somehow. So get the hell away from me. <laughs> you always being <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> I was, I was being so rude. Like every time I saw him, I just would like walk away or go talking to somebody else. At yeah. one point he walked into the same circle and this circle was like six or seven people, total drama queen. I just left like mid conversation. I just like went and got some water or something. Jamal's like, your fade sucks. And then walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I was getting my hair cut every two weeks. So <laughs> yes. But yeah, it was just a very confusing time. And that seems kind of like all over the place for the young years. But none of this really came out for me until high school. So I kept with trumpet. That was like my thing. I actually, Seth and I met at IU. That's how I ended up at IU was playing my trumpet, auditioning for the music school and that whole process. Yeah, high school is a time because I could hide behind that more. All I did was play trumpet. I had gym. I did sports then too. That was a really tough time. I tried to play football again, trying to make friends, putting myself out there. High school is even worse because the bodies are more developed and you don't really like running up and down the fields. You're just trying to have more guy friends so you don't look like a big old queer kid. Yeah, right. So that was just like the confusion continued. But I found my community in the band room. So I'll never forget Mr. Arms, my band teacher. I'll never forget my close group of friends my circle you all know who you are but they were my family I lived and breathed and slept in the band room sometimes all we did was practice and we all knew we were good but we had fun with it there was maybe one of us who was a little cocky but I won't say his name uh, <laughs> read her I, I say that with love and he was good so I'll give it to him but I'll, I just like Bob and Monet say name names <laughs> Name names. I'm not going to be too shady yet. But yeah. um, this was nice because I found like this little community and family. I actually had a good high school experience. I knew most people. Everybody knew me as like the trumpet kid. If you were in band, you knew who I was. Sorry, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the Jet Jackson of my high school band. <laughs> I knew I was good, but I hope I was nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well... We all know. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. We had state titles. We had like a national title. We were doing the damn thing. So it was fun. And it was also just a really nice break because this was the first time since 
I was eight or nine and going through the kind of surprise hurdles and life dealings in middle school with sexuality and not knowing what that was. This was the first time that I could kind of just breathe and relax. You felt like you had like a, a, a crew or something somewhere you yeah. fit in. Yeah, I didn't have to worry about it. Nobody really asked me about who I was dating or what I was up to after school. So all of that was fine. Um, back at home was the same way. Like I never felt like I was out of place. There were moments because in the black community, we can, I think sometimes the black community suffers because of how critical we can be of ourselves. And I've always thought this because I've said it before on the show, there's more than one way to be black. So throw in the sexuality thing and then throw in the black card and you're trying to figure out your identity. Oh, he doesn't like do rags or he doesn't wear Tim's or he doesn't shoot hoops. Like all that stereotypical shit that I'm supposed to do and like. I was none of those things. I was listening to Jimi Hendrix very loud. Hell yeah. (laughs) I liked dark clothing. I didn't wear dark clothes all the time, but I had my like days where I was just completely blacked out. Yeah, girl. I listened to more rock and those kind of subgenres more than I did R&B and hip hop, even Mm -hmm. though I listened to a lot of that too. Mm -hmm. But people just want to put you in a box. Yeah. So... And you lived in Alaska, so it was like light 24 hours a day, so there was nowhere to hide, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, during the summer, you're sticking out like a sore thumb. So you weren't like (laughs) listening to like Kelly Clarkson or like Michelle Branch. (laughs) Making my way downtown, walking. Wrong white lady. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that Michelle Branch? Wrong white woman. That's Vanessa Uh, Carlton. Who knows? All those white girls. (laughs) Michelle Branch was more like. I'm she the angry. one that's like, you're everywhere you to, to me. me. I love that song. Close your eyes, it's you, you I, I see. see. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you happy now? That was on my mini disc player. Yes, that was on now. That's what I call music volume two. Oh my God, ah, Michelle shit. Branch. <laughs> now series. And Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Making my way downtown. Fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh my sorry, gosh. I hijacked your coming out. I know, tangent. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I knew you were gay, girl. <laughs> there were a lot of those moments, so let's get into that now, actually. So I kind Wait, of are we like touched... high school because because I wanted to know before we left the high school time period if you ever got bullied or anything. Oh no. Um we're gonna get back to it. We're still in high school. Okay. I cool. just realized I didn't really like touch on like my family life yet. But high school was a good experience. We're gonna go to the household just so you can kind of see more of how I was in high school go back to the household so we can see what's going on at the locker or whatever yeah but I had all kinds of examples of black men and black women in my life um, all different types of people Uh, we're the typical black family we love to play dominoes my parents are always having people over playing cards or some kind of game like there was always someone at our house we were always at somebody's house it was just like a really good and healthy time and I didn't pick up on any shadiness as it relates to me like no one ever said don't be that way or don't act like that it was mostly just my cousin kind of pointing things out and then I would try to like hide it damn girl your cousin was fucking yeah, all is he gay <laughs> like what happened no he's not oh him and Darnell we called them the dirty D's and Uh-oh. Janae and I were the jacked up J's because those two would just terrorize <laughs> us like yeah and both y'all's girls were not looking hot no I'm just kidding no they were making 
making they were making like stun guns out of cameras. So what? they were they were like Chucky dolls for real. Wow. <laughs> That's my family, y'all. <laughs> but anyway, um, I was never singled out. Even in moments growing up where I was braiding dolls' hair, I could French braid by the time I was seven. Yes. Like I was, that's how much time I had as a kid because I did not like to go outside, but I loved to learn. So I figured out how to do hair. I would go over to my cousin Jalisha's house and like braid up her doll's hair, proceed to walk the doll downstairs (laughs) to show my mom. And then right past the Domino's table where like my dad and all of his friends were. And you would notice like, oh, why is he like holding a doll kind of like looks, but it was nothing threatening and i always gave my dad props for that because whenever i did that which was often (laughs) he's like he's gonna be a beautician and he's gonna own the salon and run that shit and you know all that kind of cool dad stuff hell yeah um so that was that was nice uh fast forward back to high school queer as folk was a thing oh yeah i remember those days girl yeah, that was when I was in the thick of my closetness. So like you're in high school now, all these people are looking real good, ladies included, everybody's changing, but my attention was only on guys. I'll never forget we were watching HBO one night and we would just kind of hang out as a family most of the time. So my parents are in their bed, my brother and I at the end of the bed on the floor, but they're changing through channels and Queerest Folk came on and there was a Uh-oh. scene where a guy was basically insinuating that he was going down on the guy he was that whole Mm slow-mo shot he's inching down in the alley it's almost like yeah (laughs) and my dad yeah i'm like show me more (laughs) and my dad made a comment he was like not my sons and then i'll never forget my mom was like well what if they are what are you gonna do and that's really like (laughs) all i remember about it (laughs) I feel like that's so progressive, like of your mom, though. Like, it is. like if you're not even being out of the closet yet, she's already like, "Well, what if they are?" Right, and like my dad is from Camden, New Jersey. It's not like the rosiest part of the country. Isn't that the murder and... capital of the world? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not too familiar with Camden, so I'm not going to shade them. But okay. we'll ask we'll ask my dad about okay. that. But um, that's really the one thing I noticed. Uh, When I was 16, my parents started to go through a divorce. And that was just like a really big mess because I was kind of forced to grow up. And that's really when like my sass came in, like the snaps (laughs) and the neck rolls. That's when I was just like completely done with everything. I can't say that I had like dark moments where I just didn't want to be around anymore or anything like that. But I did consider like running away but it's like where are you gonna run away to you're gonna come right back home (laughs) you have a paper due you can't do that it's gonna mess up your grades (laughs) i was like Um, a very like strict student yeah so i was like (laughs) you can try to run away bitch but you're not going anywhere really (laughs) yeah so um the divorce really brought it all out of me just like that angst and in the end it, i figured out my dad and i clashed the way we did is because we're the exact same person i'm just the gay version and they are yeah <laughs> really though <laughs> but looking back on um all of that it's like that was the moment where it's just like i wasn't necessarily 100 percent okay with who i was but i felt like growth as a young adult from that little eight-year-old just swallowing cupcakes because someone pushed you down and called you like sweetness and you weren't sure what that Mm. meant 
and in high school, I didn't run into any of that, but the divorce like takes you back there because it's like, where is this rage coming from? Yeah. Wow. And I didn't really know until years later, like after college, what that all meant. But it's like, thanks, Trent. That's my dad's middle name, mm. Trent. I call him that when I'm teasing him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trent. But he kind of challenged me because it's like the image of a man here. My dad joined the army when he was 17. Like my grandpa had to sign for my dad to join. So that's just wow. kind of the type of man my dad is and he was always loving fun caring but certain things like around masculinity or if he saw me like overeating you know little shit like if you don't don't stuff that whole thing in your mouth or where's that going like you need to stop that little things like that is what Mm -hmm. impacted me more but I think what I'm getting at now in this moment is he kind of pushed me to challenge what I thought manhood was because I had to discover it pretty quickly to protect my family or do what I thought was right in whatever crazy moment. Yeah. Um, Cause you're yeah, like, so that was a lot sort of like the man of the household at that point. I mean, Darnell was there yeah. of course, but you were like the older brother and yeah, I mean, divorce is hard cause I'm sure like growing up a lot of your friends, you know, their parents were still together and they had like that masculine uh, figure in their life. And mm-hmm. and for you, it wasn't quite like that, I guess, you know, it's a different experience. It was not. It was because I didn't have like any hatred or anything towards my dad. There was a lot of confusion because I knew my challenging him was going to make him treat me differently anyway. Mm-hmm. So I got through high school. Okay. I had some moments like I quit football. Like I just quit one day because I was just completely over it. I wasn't focused. I didn't like it. I was trying to be something I wasn't. And we had a break in a huddle. I was like 16 when this happened and I just did not, I called my mom. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Long story short, I ended up finishing the season. High school ended great. And then college happened. Yes. <laughs> would you want to take a quick little break here before we get into your college life? Yes, I figured we would. Yes, girl. Let's get some refills. We'll be back shortly. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast so far. Thanks for coming. Right now, we're probably refilling our drinks or maybe even gluing down our lashes again. While you wait, here are some things that you should check out. Yeah, remember everyone, you can email us, tfcpod at gmail.com and um, tfcpod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, and one more thing. You're not my real dad and you never will be. Anyways, back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to our Honest Tea Spill of the Week. I would like to apologize for the long break that you had there. Um, While Jamal had a good high school experience, I was getting a wedgie and swirlies in the bathroom. So, yeah, I had to dry off my hair. Now I'm ready to continue on. Well, I'm glad you survived. Those are never easy. (laughs) No, girl. (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) triggered <laughs> right uh, not good we need to move on i'm freaking out you guys let's go all right jamal so we left off and you were about to tell us about your college homosexual life yes yeah, so 
basically, listeners, if you've been following and paying attention, I pretty much knew that I was gay going into high school. So that's four years ahead. Just I knew that I was different and I did not know it was ahead. I definitely had a couple moments where friends asked if um, I was dating anybody and it's like, yeah. She's a looker. She goes to another school. But... She has boobs. <laughs> yeah, she has boobs. I guess that's actually kind of a critical piece because um, nobody really knew that Shauna was Sean, who went to Diamond High School. <laughs> Ooh, T-girl. And Sean, believe it or not, listeners, was that other eighth grader that I saw in the locker room back when I was being tortured. What? Whoa. So we found each other again through high school sporting events, but this time just as um, spectators. And I said Mm. hi, but it was nothing like too deep. It was like, oh, I remember that one time you were on the track team at that school and you were at the school. Yeah. And I was being a dick to you because I wanted to date you. Yeah. That's not it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Jamal was like protecting his um, identity that he didn't know nobody knew about. (laughs) It's like, no one cares about you. You're just like this confused gay kid trying to protect your like image. Yeah. But yeah, Shauna was Sean. And um, yeah, then I went to college, which was a lot of fun. Again, I went to IU with Seth. Yeah, we met your uh, first year. I'd been in school for 10 years at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Seth and I met early on at IU. We were both part of the marching band, of course. And that was just an experience in itself because there's no marching band in Alaska at all. And then our class, like my class specifically, fall of 2005, there were so many gay boys in band. And it was just so brand new to me. I did not have the body to be running around out here in um like fucking ranger shorts with no shirt on i did not look like that but plenty of them did and it was fun to look at and enjoy (laughs) yeah even the not gay ones (laughs) even the not gay ones yeah you're like being low-key about it i like how you blow your trumpet and stuff Uh, (laughs) what a nice nice embouchure you have oh Yes, come through embouchure. <laughs> One time at band camp. That shit was true, girl. <laughs> it was so true. Oh my gosh, that's for a different episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a lot. That was like a lot to take in because it's a brand new world. You're seeing all these people. I flew all the way from Alaska, all the way to Indiana, just on a whim. I'd never visited the campus. I just got in and decided I was going. But um, flash forward to like a month later. I'll never forget. September 23rd, 2005 was the night I was out at a party, a band party. It was always a band party. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like always a party. Our college life. It was just we were partying with other bandies before the game the next morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, it was like it was a great time. Night out, hanging out with everybody in the tiny apartment. You all know how college is like drinking questionable juice. I think there was like some gray juice that Steve Meyer made. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, this is actually the same apartment complex where that pedophile Jared from Subway lived. That's very true. It was the Subway apartments. The same yeah. level too, the top level. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Fun Yikes. fact. The child... <laughs> like molester slash pedophile yeah went to iu yeah yeah one of our alumni 
<laughs> Yikes. Oh my gosh. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> But I left that party that night because, um, of course, you do stupid shit like play spin the bottle or you're flirting with people. And I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I went to orientation and my orientation leaders made my Facebook. And that's back when Facebook was brand new listeners. You had to be at a college with a college email to be yes. allowed on Facebook. I thought they were talking about the yearbook when we were like hanging out. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's, yeah. what's Facebook? And then she's like, oh, let me make you one. I remember I resisted at first because everyone was like, oh, Facebook this. Oh, Facebook. And I was like, I'm always the kind of person that I'm like, uh, that's like the cool thing, whatever. Fuck it. Like, I'm not interested. Yeah. Right before I left for college, my brother like helped me make a MySpace. So, of course, everything was like IU themed and real like cheesy and dumb that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then um, Facebook came and that said that I was interested in women. Lies. Lies of an early girl. Lies. But keep in mind, I had never, this was a completely new environment. Like these are new people. I don't have to explain myself to anybody. And she just assumed I was straight and she made my Facebook profile and that was the end of it. I didn't really do anything with it. So at the band parties, the poor women of band. Oh my gosh. (laughs) They have to play the is he or isn't he game because they're Oh, yeah. Everyone was wondering. (laughs) Also, fun fact, before we get too far on, I guess I could save it for mine, but the the night that uh, the party that Jamal was talking about with the grape juice, I'm pretty sure that was the night I had my first kiss with a with anyone but it was with a girl <gasps> whoa whoa so yes girl but we can find out more about that in my coming out story look at how our stories are merging oh <laughs> yes. but yeah so of course at all the parties it's like is he or isn't he because i mean they're trying to hook up too like the ladies want to have some fun too so um i that was like the first time i said out loud yeah i'm gay and it felt strange <laughs> but I felt good. It felt like really, it was like a release, but I kind of, it was like a missed moment kind of, cause I didn't really sit in it until I got home. Cause it just kind of came out naturally. It was just like, Oh, I'm gay. But then I like thought about it. Like, oh I've, God, <laughs> I've got my social face on. I'm an ENFJ. Like I'm usually the life of the party or trying to be it <laughs> respectfully, but I just kept the conversation going and that was it. We did some gross vanilla shots. I think Shay and I, that sounds right. <laughs> and then we bumped into Erica at the, at the bathroom. <laughs> oh yeah. But, um, yeah, I got home the next day. No, that evening I got home, excuse me, and I actually had like a little kiss moment during Spin the Bottle with our drum major at the time, and he was just so hot and had the most gorgeous ass. <laughs> but pretty much I got home and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I was I was drunk enough. I was living in the dorms. I did not have my own computer yet, so I'm doing all of this in like the um, kind of hangout lounge by the... Um, residence desk where you get your mail and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like 12 a.m or something crazy alaska's four hours behind there's I, no one in the lobby <laughs> no one's there so i get on the penis.com no <laughs> yes does that exist penis.com yeah that was a thing that if was you guys a thing. are listening go to penis.com and let us know tweet us and let us know. i'm actually going <laughs> i'm going there now That's how audience participation like, i didn't here. i didn't talk about it but there were definitely like in middle school and i was curious i definitely went to penis.com and enjoyed a lot <laughs> oh. of pictures you can actually buy the domain now for 2.5 million. Oh, look at that <laughs> oh work let's start a ghost fund me girl <laughs> that's from all those pictures and quick time videos <laughs> 
How fucking cool would that be, though, if people like, oh, how can we find your podcast? It'd be like, go to penis.com. You'll find everything there. That's amazing. But <laughs> I mean, I would I, love that so much. You I, don't have I would love to put idea. that on a business card. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so I got home. I emailed my band circle. Um, one of my friends, I'm not going to say who, one of my friends that I emailed that night recently came out to me. And I thought that that was a pretty huge moment because without a doubt, she was probably one of the, I didn't hang out with her all the time, but she was one of those warm and fuzzy presents in the hallway. Everybody knew who she was and she was just very sweet, always supportive. But um, I thought that was really cool that I just had that power and I just decided to run with it because I did fear that I was going to change my mind. I kind of just left the party and I just went straight to the computer and I pulled up my hotmail, poppymocha at hotmail.com. Yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And I emailed my circle and just pretty much like, hey, this is it. If you like it, that's fine. If you don't, that's cool too. We can still be friends or not whatever it said i wish i had a copy of that email but then um i immediately called like my immediate family my dad didn't answer um i couldn't get a hold of my brother my sister's 11 years younger than me so i was like mom you can talk to her about it if she understands (laughs) 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 but everybody was very understanding like i had a pretty positive actual coming out moment And it was the night before a game. So I was like, oh, this isn't bad. And you just kind of go through the motions as far as like, okay, everybody knows what now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll never forget um, the next day at the game, I called my dad on the break. I couldn't get a hold of him the night before. So I told my mom, go ahead and tell dad. You can check in with him um, and talk about it, whatever. He didn't answer. I didn't want to leave a voicemail. So I called him. And at the time, my verbiage was wrong because I said something to him like, that's what I decided. Because we all know that being queer is not a choice. Mm -hmm. But then um, he had said some sideways shit. But in the moment, you were like... Yeah. In the moment, I'm like trying to sell myself to like my dad, right? I'm like, I'm still me. It's still yeah. me. But he, you're like, I'm made of, you're basically like, I'm trying to make an informed decision here, you know, sort of. Pretty much. So I'm pretty sure I lied and said that I had slept with a girl and it wasn't my thing. And then I he asked, know, it wasn't that great. <laughs> you know where that lie came from? Because I got so mad that he asked me if I'd try to prostitute. <laughs> Jesus. Good Lord. <laughs> you're like, uh, should I have? And my dad and I are in a great place today. It took it took a while for us to get there. I'll touch on that lightly after this part. But yeah, that was that. And then I started to just kind of take each day at a time. My dad was really the only one in my experience that took some getting used to with the whole thing. When I went back mm-hmm. to Alaska for my first Christmas break, of course, um, all of my friends were pretty, pretty great about it. Because at the time, it was a big thing to say, oh, that's gay, like in a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. And my being a smart ass, somebody said, oh, well, does that bother you when I say that? It's like, I guess it doesn't bother me but just like how does that sound like what would it sound like if i said oh that's so straight (laughs) yeah and then that was like the end of that (laughs) (laughs) they're like all right i guess we're done with that yeah i had um my fair share of fuck boys no official relationships or anything but now that i was out i was able to do things like explore openly um the band parties were a huge help because i was also making (laughs) gay friends like i have 
a lot of my closest gay friends are from college. They're the ones I still talk to like daily or weekly. But um, a lot of growth happened there because it was all this pent up kind of energy throughout, I'd say, late elementary school, middle school when I had my trauma. <laughs> And then high school where it was kind of a mind fuck also because I was still harboring the secret, but I was kind of having a good time. So um, it just all kind of spewed out in high school. Um, Shout out and college, excuse me. Shout out to Nellie, my best high school friend. Hey girl. I had no idea that she had like the biggest crush on me in high school. Uh oh. She was a year younger than me. There was a time, there was a point in time where she took me back to her house on our lunch break and like cooked me breakfast for lunch. Ooh, nice. And my teacher is like, Mr. Arms is like, she cooked for you? And my dumbass, like, I did not know until I didn't know people were flirting with me until I was like 27. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was just friends. Like, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. Like, he just kind of laughed and gave me that straight bro laugh. He's like, I don't know, dude. She's putting it on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl. Like, she's trying to holler. But anyway, like, when I came out in college, because there, Nellie and our younger friends were in their senior year at Bartlett, of course, it comes out in classes like, oh, did you hear Jamal came out? And somebody was like, oh, Nellie's heart is broken or something crazy. Like (laughs) She was like listening to the Titanic theme, girl. It's like, y'all did not have to do that to her in the middle of sixth period. Y'all are such trash. That was shady as hell. She probably was like wearing one of those Titanic shirts if it was in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I'll never let you go. I've got my recorder upstairs. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But um, this is um, my coming out story, I guess. It just continued to develop because my dad and I kind of went through stuff while I was in and out of classes. I was supporting myself in college. So I had to take some time off to work. I actually moved back home for a little bit and then moved back. But he and I had to work through a lot. Stoney and I didn't get together until 2011. And when I say a lot, he wasn't doing anything blatantly like rude, but maybe like stuff like get the kids something, but not Jamal or be very difficult to get a hold of that kind of bullshit, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, we got through it. But um, there basically reached a time where I just had to tell him I get to choose if you're around. You realize that, right? Like I'm the oldest of all of your kids (laughs) and I would like for you to be around, but if someone's not going to support me, then I just won't deal with them. And from that moment on, it just changed. And I have to give him props for that because I know it wasn't easy. He's He was stuck in his ways. And I wasn't even sure how he would receive Stoney when he met him in person when I took Stoney to Alaska in 2014. But it was all yeah. good. It was all it good. It worked out well. <laughs> yeah. Welcoming. Hey, girl. Hey, Stoney. Yeah. In the end, it was just a big, like identity thing for me I was fighting more of who I was becoming in college my the way I dressed changed in the sense that it just got a little more polished you know nothing too too sparkly I'm I'm a very kind of like subdued person most of the time unless I'm in a circle or talking to somebody so I just kind of gave you a little um femme GQ here and there maybe a nice butch lumberjack moment like I was playing with it having my fun I had a mohawk yeah, you were like feeling your Karamo like style. Oh, it was very that. And like the sass that you hear, like 
it all started like after sophomore year of college. Like I had to, oh, yeah. I had to like grow into that because I was still putting on that performative. This is how a straight acts and oh, better <laughs> keep those kicks nice and clean or no one's going to pay attention to you. I All of yeah. that went out the window. I was just allowed to be like free, be myself be whatever kind of black person I wanted to be because that's one thing too it's huge it's like you can't be black and gay and we've talked about that before and that was another thing my dad said he's like well you've got two strikes against you now because you're Mm -hmm. already black and now you're gay so he basically was just like good luck (laughs) (laughs) thanks dad and he's not wrong because those are hats that I wear those are things that I have to not fight anymore but those are things I have to think about when I'm thinking about how people are receiving me as a person whether I'm speaking up in a boardroom or I'm speaking to a crowd of people that's a black gay guy up there how does that make them feel you can't live for other people and that's what I had to figure out and that's when I started to really have fun and explore safely <laughs> yeah of and course. just kind of become like a young adult and work through all that trauma because i've never gone to therapy or anything it's just i've always kind of been wise beyond my years so i kept to myself let it cook it's all that Jimi hendrix that you listened to as a kid i mean yeah. probably <laughs> but yeah so here we are yeah girl well, very cool. And now look at you. You're like now you're married for um well in in, an, in a relationship for eight years and married for five. five that's right. Yeah, girl. Would be six in March. Is May. 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 Oh, I was getting. Oh, <laughs> Stony's birthday's in March. Yes. Yeah. All right. I don't even know. Dates are hard. Here it is anymore. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> where where am I? <laughs> Yeah, keep in mind too, <laughs> listeners, like when um Stoney and I got married, it wasn't like a big production. We were just trying to be smart about our finances and I feel like we were just dating and it felt natural still still, but it was just kind of like, Oh, this is the next step. So we got married, we got some of our close friends, Seth was there, we drove over to Champaign, Illinois and did that. And this was just like a whirlwind because I finished college. Mm-hmm. This is all 2014. So I started school in 2005 just to add some more layers. Like I'm dealing with financial trouble, trying to finish school. But 2014 was lit. I graduated school. The next week we got married. Or am I flipping that? We got no, married. It was, we, we got. I graduated. You graduated. We got a house and we got married. All in the same month. And then the Mm -hmm. next month, we took the trip to Alaska, where people were like, oh, you're married now. Oh, this is the (laughs) husband. It was just like a lot. And I didn't realize it at the time. But after it was all done, I was like, holy shit. (sighs) 2014 was lit. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of lit, I know we mentioned this earlier, but can can you tell us about the gay scene in Anchorage and Mad Myrna's? Oh, yeah. Sorry. And I need to like, um, I've got my like throwback trade for you, too. But um, yes. Back when I was living in Alaska, I moved back home in 2009. So if you do the math, I was there from 2005 to 2009. It was a really hard time because a lot of my friends are graduating. And I college is not like high school, but you don't know that at the time, especially when you've just been like groomed to do well in school and be smart so you don't have to worry about like the color of your skin holding you back. And now it's like, oh... You're black and you're gay and you can't finish school because you're also like poor. So what do you do? (laughs) 
<laughs> with all yes. of that. And my parents' divorce was a little messy, so they couldn't like co-sign or do any of that cool stuff that other parents do, uh, which, you know, I'm happy they didn't have to deal with any of that because loans are a bitch. For real. But, um, oh, where was I going with that? Oh, were you talking about moaning when, Myrtles? Oh, yeah, Mad, Mad Myrtles. Myrtles. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Come so, on, girl. <laughs> I moved back home in 2009, and that's really when I started to get out into the gay bars because, believe it or not, like, there were spots in Bloomington, but they weren't as lit as Mad Myrtles. They were a good time, <laughs> yeah. but... I moved back home. I was kind of in a dark place because all my friends were like graduated and I wasn't and people were moving on doing cool stuff. And I was just going back home to work at FedEx and work at a liquor store part time. It was just not what I wanted to be doing. So I was depressed for a handful of months. But going to Mad Myrna's, I would go alone. And I ended up making some friends and work friends started going with me. And it was such a really cool bar for Anchorage because it had two whole rooms there is a dancing room there is a drag room the bar was in the center you know i love a bar with a pool table there was a few <laughs> oh yeah girl and the drinks were really strong there are tons of nights we went out with um to mad myrna's and just had a blast so that was that was kind of nice it brought me back to life and i did grow into my gayness there as well because it was like this is who i am now i'm out this is what i'm doing as an out person we might not do the out thing and gay thing the same but i'm trying to figure it out still (laughs) yeah so get away from me loser right (laughs) get away shade stir no i don't want that drink yeah (laughs) i i always think of jamal because there's a drag queen here i talk about her a lot london bradshaw and i don't know if uh if london's from anchorage but has does have lots of drag friends in anchorage so sometimes london goes to perform at mad myrna's oh that's so So, yeah so whenever i see like the post like that london is in mad myrna's i'm like oh jamal and i'll like look at the pictures and the stuff yes she'll post i'm like oh that's like what jamal like where he was i made the drag queens attack stony um my friend angelica and i when we took him to mad myrna's and they brought him up on the stage and harassed him a little bit yeah they made me do like freaking push ups and i was like way out of shape then too and i was just like i can't do these <laughs> you're like i'm gay sorry i don't do push-ups <laughs> oh it was fun maybe i'll find the clip of that yeah let's maybe let's, let's post some of the the throwback footage <laughs> but yeah in the in the end i had a good coming out experience and i was always supported luckily i know everybody's story is not like that so when we do things and like answer questions about our time it always comes back to my like kind of struggle with identity and just trying to balance being like you're just groomed to be a certain way like i was a 4.0 student because my parents are basically like you have to be 10 times better than everybody like no one's going to pay attention to you unless you're doing really well as a black kid so um that was the only thing i was focused on on and you throw being gay into the mix and i guess i just kind of took it a day at a time <laughs> yeah look at look at you now girl here with all of our um best beyonce lace fronts <laughs> yes girl living the american fantasy married <laughs> one child trying to be the best queer interracial example we can be yes oh wow all right well that well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story, Jamal. Yeah, thank I really you. enjoyed listening a lot 
to that. I feel like I got to learn a little bit more than I knew. Thanks. I hope it wasn't too scattered. I was just reaching for moments more than because I didn't have like any of that super trauma. So I was trying to get deep in there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their own trauma for you. It was the divorce mainly and yeah and kind of set it all off your sexuality and also your dad trying to get you a prostitute (laughs) yeah you're like ah (laughs) could it be a bale prostitute (laughs) yeah he won't live that one down (laughs) yeah well of course you know as in the last coming out with stoney's episode we are going to do trade so why don't you guys just take a deep breath and we'll be back before you know it goodbye trade Mm. trade trade Trade. all right katya chill out (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) all right you guys welcome back to trade and in this trade Jamal is going to tell us about his throwback retro trade, like who he was attracted to when he was first coming to grips with his sexuality as a child. <laughs> um, yes, I've got a good one for you. Some of Ooh. you might be surprised. Some of you won't. Most of you probably won't. I'm not surprised. I'm excited. <laughs> was it Oprah? It was not Oprah, although I was girl crushing all over Oprah. Was it Phil yes. Donahue? <laughs> was it Geraldo Rivera? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> Hell no. Ugh. Was oh, it gosh. Sally Jesse's glasses? So. Just kidding. <laughs> I cannot stand you. <laughs> Go run into the streets. Stoney's doing the most right now, you guys. Make sure there's a car coming before you go do that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, tell goodness. Us your tr- tell us your trade, girl. <laughs> My trade is Ryan Felipe. Ooh. From yeah. Cruel Intentions. Of course, because who can forget that pool scene where you saw his nice little cake moment? That stuck yes, with girl. me. That stuck with me. And that was also very like the look in the 90s. Not like blonde, crunchy fried hair, white boy, but just like teen pop kind of feel. Like all the people I was attracted to were like in those big teen movies. Oh, um, yeah. I definitely had a crush on Usher, Freddie Prince Jr., you know, those kind of people. Oh, yeah. Molly Ringwald. Yeah. So, my. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Got you. <laughs> well, you know, The Breakfast Club is my favorite movie. I have the poster in my cube at work. I loved that episode, like in, in Queer Eye, when at the end, Karamo's, like, you know, that, like reenacts the end of The Breakfast Club. Yeah. I saw that, oh, that pop up cool. on Twitter. I knew exactly where that was from. It's like, yes. <laughs> yes so yeah ryan was just like um really gorgeous to me i just thought that he just looked like an everyday person at the time um he aged very well yeah, he's like really <laughs> hot now he aged very well like i mean yeah i'm into it but um honorable mention michael novotny from queer's folk because that's Ooh. totally like if i had a type if I were to label myself with the type, this person is it. He's short, he has dark hair, and he's cute. It's sort of like that Weird Al song, White and Nerdy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Try to catch you white and nerdy. Or I forgot, I don't know, the cover or whatever. Weird Jamal's Al. just picking up trade at the library and the stacks. <laughs> hey, girl. Mind if I check out your book? <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, it's an anatomy book. Whoa. Let's go to penis.com. <laughs> oh my God. I'm pretty sure that penis.com gave my phone like a virus. <laughs> I, w- I would not be shocked. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget looking at that website on that gateway computer. And computers then would like save every picture of the browser. So you oh had no. to like go and delete the files. Like, it's cookies, delete. bitch. Yeah, you had to go back and delete all of that. I don't know. I don't think my parents knew about any of that because holy shit. I was basically doing that every day after school for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I really uh, enjoy your your picks of your trade. The theme clearly was bubble butts. So you know it. <laughs> I I'm all I'm 100% support of bubble butts. So I will co-sign your trade picks. Thanks, Queen. Oh, signing out of this episode, I realized that we need to do like early on like queer episode because I didn't even touch on like the music I was listening to, like Spice Girls and shit. So oh uh, yeah. We'll have to get into that later. Yeah. Maybe that'll be some off-season content for the future for you guys. Yes, little teaser for you. Yes, girl. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening again to Thanks for Coming, the Magically Gay podcast. And thank you to Nikki and to the lovely attractive men at Macabre Media podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like super hot hoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank so, you all. Yes, girls. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for the reviews. Feel free to leave one of your own. And then next week or bi-weekly. The next we time will you see Our us. next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Dr. Dre. So yeah, we'll read your review on the next podcast. And yeah, I think next subject matter for our podcast will be my coming out. So make sure you get your box of Kleenexes and put on your early 2000s emo records because it is going to be a doozy. (laughs) Well, buckle up, queen. Yeah, start your engines and may the best woman win. (laughs) Get that good wig glue out. Yes. All right, you guys. Until then. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Did I do it right? Goodbye. Stoney's the best at being a creep. <laughs>